Hey, welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. And one of the greatest ways for us to be better dads every day is to choose to live every day of our lives based on principles. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if we try to use our identity as a dad or as a husband as an excuse as to why we can't be better every day, then we have already surrendered and we have succumbed to the chaos and we have succumbed to the unfulfillment and we have said, this is just who I am. And if that is who you are, I want to, I want to prompt you to change. I want to prompt you to get up, shoulders back, stand up and confront the chaos in your life confront the feeling of unfulfillment and say, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm going to be. I want you to overcome these things by living a life based on principles. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. So let me start out by asking you a couple of questions that I feel too many of us are too quick to say yes to. The first question is, does your life feel chaotic? Almost instinctively, I want to raise my hand just because it has felt chaotic for so long. I just want to say, yes, everything is constant chaos. I recently, just this past weekend, we had my brother-in-law and some of his kids come over and spend the weekend at our house. And I'm looking around the room. I'm not going to show you, but just the aftermath of that is here, just from them sleeping in this room. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, yes, my life is chaotic. And it's really not all that bad, but it just it's extra. It's extra on the plate. And so it feels that much more. We tend to amplify that in our mind. The second question is, do you have a sense of unfulfillment? Do you feel unfulfilled in your life? And too many people say yes to this. And I'm not saying that the feelings of chaos or unfulfillment aren't genuine. But we say yes to this. And what happens is when we answer yes to these questions, sometimes we answer yes from a place of acceptance, that this is the way life is. I am unfulfilled, things are chaotic, and this is just the way that life is going to be. And I want to tell you that that's not the way that life has to be. You don't have to live your life as a dad and think things are chaotic, and I am unfulfilled, and this is who I am. This is my identity. What I really don't want you to be guilty guilty of is saying, I'm married now, I have a wife, I have children now, I'm a dad, and because of those things, because of the evolutions that I've experienced as a man, that now I'm a husband and now I'm a father, I don't have the time to combat this chaos. I don't have the time to find the fulfillment that I have dreamed I would have. Don't ever use your identity as a husband or father as an excuse for not being better every day, for not overcoming the chaos and the sense of unfulfillment that you feel you're experiencing or wrestling with. They're not an excuse. If anything, they are 
a greater source of purpose and meaning in achieving those things. This is part of the reason why I say I want to be a better dad every day at the beginning of every episode of this podcast. Being a better dad every day, while it is tied mostly to directly dealing with my relationship with my children, it also indirectly has to do with me improving myself and growing. And as I grow as a man, I ought to be growing as a husband and also as a father. As I work more diligently and make more money, this is another way that I'm able to better serve my children because I can make sure that they get the things that they really need to have in life. I can make sure that they get things that are nice to have in life that they don't absolutely need. Not everyone gets to have a vacation, but if I'm able to make money and take my family on a vacation to give them a break, to give them a weekend or a week to reset, and then to go back and attack reality, that's a good thing. I think time is our most valuable commodity, and I don't think we should rob our children of our time so that we can exchange that for a dollar. That's less meaningful for them. But why not be able to do both? Why not give them the time that we have to give to them? But in the time that we have to work, work based on principles and grow and become better, make more money, and then have an additional way that we bless our children. And this applies outside of money as well, academically. If you are thinking, well, I'll never be the PhD or I'll never get that master's degree because I don't have time because now I'm a dad, that's an excuse. But your children ought to be a greater purpose and meaning for you to go and pursue that furthered education because as you grow, as you become more academically accomplished and you obtain that PhD, when you have conversations with your children, those are going to go a little different than they would have without you having the PhD. Now you're going to talk to them from a different perspective, from a different context. And what your children are going to extract from that conversation is a different way to think about things, is a different way to perceive the world. And they're going to have this advantage over their peers because their father's a PhD. And when he takes his time and he has conversations with his children, they're learning and they're growing and they're growing greater than you grew at this point, because you may not have had that. And now you are doing a greater service for your children because you're trying to be better every day. Being better every day equips you to be the father that your children need you to be in every season, and that is part of what we are doing as dads. We are trying to equip ourselves and better ourselves so that we can be what they need that's what we're doing. And if we try to use our identity as a dad or as a husband as an excuse as to why we can't be better every day, then we have already surrendered and we have succumbed to the chaos and we have succumbed to the unfulfillment and we have said, this is just who I am. And if that is who you are, I want to, I want to prompt you to change. I want to prompt you to get up, shoulders back, stand up and confront the chaos in your life confront the feeling of unfulfillment and say, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm going to be. I want you to overcome these things by living a life based on principles. Because if you don't choose to do that, 
you will only amplify the chaos and the unfulfillment that you're experiencing right now. The chaos that you wrestle with today will be greater tomorrow if you choose to not confront it. You may not have been the originator of your unfulfillment or of your chaos, but as long as you are okay with it being there and you choose to not face it head on, you are the reason it gets worse. So you have to stand up and you have to take responsibility for what's going on in your life and you have to say enough is enough. I'm going to implement some principles in my life and it's going to hurt a little bit and it's not going to be easy and you're going to have to do a lot of things that you don't always want to do, but you're going to choose to do what is right based on the principles that you set for your life. And if you'll function this way, you'll see change. You'll close the gap a little bit. There will come a day where you overcome the chaos. There will come a day where you overcome the sense of unfulfillment that you are wrestling with right now. But that day does not come if you continue to wallow in your grief and sorrow. That day comes with you choosing every day to live a life based on principles. Because if you don't do that, again, you amplify it. Chaos breeds chaos. Unfulfillment breeds unfulfillment. Just this morning, I came upstairs, I turned the corner of the hallway, and I looked into my daughter Jojo's room, who really likes to pretend to be mommy. And what I mean by that is she really likes to change diapers with her baby dolls. And we don't have any of those fake accident babies. So in doing that, she likes to take the pack of wipes that she can reach and just sprawl them all over the floor. And that creates this greater mess for me to have to clean up. Now, I know this about her. I didn't get mad at her for doing that because she's two. She's a, a kid. And this is what kids do. I have that expectation. I understand that this is what they do. But what I also understand is that that's probably my fault because chaos breeds chaos. If I had just done one simple thing, that would not have happened. But I didn't. I know that she's tall enough now to reach where we typically have kept the wipes. But there's a basket that we keep in that same place. And as long as we put the wipes in the basket, it's out of sight, out of mind. She doesn't even know that the wipes are there. She doesn't look in the basket. She never has, and she probably never will because she's not tall enough to look over into the basket and see that the wipes are right there. So when the wipes are left out, She sees the wipes. She wants to play mama. But as long as I am disciplined enough to just pick up the pack of wipes and put it in the basket, I prevent future chaos for myself. If you will start living a life based on principles, you will eliminate future chaos and unfulfillment for yourself. Now, I'm not going to give you a list of principles that you need to live by. I'm going to give you the source for you need to extract your principles. And that's the Bible. I'm going to go ahead and give you this tip as well. Go read the book of Proverbs. Short, it's easy, but it is a collection of wise sayings. You read Proverbs, you'll get some sage counsel, and you'll get some principles that you can start applying to your life. Now, the Bible gives me my principles. The Bible tells me how I ought to live my life as a Christian. The Bible tells me how I ought to live as a disciple, how I should treat 
my wife, that I should love her the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, how I should be a good father, that I shouldn't try and provoke my children to wrath and anger, but rather I should bring them up in the ways and admonition of the Lord. The Bible gives me a structure for how I function as a man, as a husband, and as a father. The Bible tells me that I should treat everybody with kindness, that I should love my neighbor the way that I love myself, that I should do to others the way that I'd want them to do to me, that I should love my enemy and do good to those who despitefully use me. Now, I'm going to say something that some people might not like, but this is part of who I am because of my principles that I live by that are extracted from the Bible. I voted for Trump in the last two elections, but I will never, and you will never outside of this context, ever hear me say, let's go Brandon, because I'm not going to speak ill or unkindly about someone else, because the principles that I choose to conduct my life by tell me that that's not the right thing to do. So I choose to live every day based on particular principles. I get frustrated when I drive because, let's face it, there's a lot of morons who drive cars today. (laughs) There's a lot of people who like to text and drive. And I understand people want to say, well, it's the young people. Honestly, I think it's the old people who've adopted some of the younger ways because old people were already struggling behind the wheel. And then they get a phone. I saw a guy just the other day driving with his signal on in the wrong lane going 25 miles below the speed limit because he was trying to do something with two hands on his phone. And I guess he was either not steering or trying to steer with his knee. And if he wasn't at least 65, I would be really shocked. So it's a scary place out there. You understand that. But I don't get, I don't get openly mad at people. I don't flick people off and give them the bird. I control it in the car. I have fun with it because my kids like to join into it and call people crazy and tell them that they're going to take their toys away for driving so bad. We have, a, we have a good time with that. But I control myself because I know that I need to be self-controlled. I need to manage my emotions and my feelings. And I need to not live life just constantly reacting to things. I need to be in control of who I am and make a decision on how I'm going to respond in everything that I experience. And this is not just, I just willy-nilly chose to be this way. No, it's because I have a set of principles that I choose to live my life by. And having this set of principles tells me that I ought to live my life orderly. So I try to get rid of chaos. I try to put my things in the same place every single day so that I never have to try to figure out where are my shoes, Where's my key? Where's my wallet? I don't have to do those things because I have a place where all of those things go. And it's because I have principles. Now, I do not always want to do the same things over and over and over again. The monotony sometimes gets to you. And it can be difficult knowing that every day I'm going to have to do this. And after I do this, this has got to be done. And every week I have to make sure that I do this. And if I don't do this, then this is going to, there's just this unraveling effect of chaos that happens when you break the cycle 
And so if you're going to combat the chaos and you're going to overcome it and you're going to overcome the sense of unfulfillment in your life, you're going to start living your life based on principles. And again, I'm not going to give them to you. I want you to go read the good book for yourself and take the principles out and start applying them to your life. But let me just give you a story from the Bible that helps with this. It's a story that most of us are probably familiar with, but it's the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph was his father, Jacob's favorite son. And there's a lesson that we could learn in that too, because that created a, a mess. But so we're going to talk about his older brothers knew that he was the favorite and they envied him for it. And so one day Joseph has this dream and he goes and he tells his family about it, that his brothers and his parents would one day bow down to him. And culturally, that's not how things work. That's not how the succession of power functioned back in that day. It started with the father, and then it went to the oldest son. And then down the line, that's how everything would have been passed down and carried out. So Joseph, being way at the bottom, he was not the rightful heir to any of that sort of dominion or authority. And so this just amplified the problem that he had with his brothers. So he's got dreams, aspirations, hope. What happens to him? His brothers throw him down in some pit, throw him down in a well. Then they make the decision to take him out and sell him into slavery to some strangers passing by. Now, keep in mind, Joseph was favored by his father. His father was wealthy. Joseph had been the slave owner. He had been in the place where he had authority over the slaves, and now he finds himself in their shoes, or actually lack of shoes because they would not have worn shoes because that was the custom. Anyway, he finds himself in the place of the slave, betrayed by his own blood. His own family has betrayed him, turned their backs on him. Now, that one thing alone is something that we can't even fathom today in our culture, being betrayed by your family to such a great extent to where they lie about who you are, they lie about your position, and they tell some strangers that, no, this person is a slave and we will sell him to you for a price. That happened to Joseph. Joseph, by the standards that we function today with how we deal with chaos and unfulfillment, so many people would have said it's in his right to just give up and quit. He would have been justified in saying that his life was meaningless. How do you overcome that? I'll tell you how you overcome that. You overcome that by living a life based on principles. Because what did Joseph do? Joseph, as a slave, chose to continue to do what was right. And he goes from being this new slave to being elevated to where Potiphar trusts him with everything in his house. Joseph had a shared authority with Potiphar. That's how much he trusted him. That doesn't just randomly happen. That happens because it is evident that this man lives a life based on principles. There are fruit that manifest from the labor and the diligence of Joseph. But then what happens? Potiphar's wife, she's thirsty, and she ultimately lies on Joseph 
because he lived a life based on principles. Because he knew, didn't matter how attractive Potiphar's wife was and how willing she was just to throw herself at him, he said, this is not right. And I do not live my life just by doing these spontaneous things. I live a life that's structured. I live a life that is disciplined. I live diligently based on principles. He rejected her, so she lied on him. And what happened? Potiphar, rightfully so, agreed with his wife initially, and he is thrown into prison. So Joseph has gone from being the favored son who gets all the special treatment, to being rejected by his brothers, sold into slavery, elevated in the house of his owner, and then cast into prison by his owner because of a lie that his owner's wife made against him. If there was anyone who said he was justified initially, more people would join in and say, Joseph is definitely justified in saying he's been wronged and he has every reason to just quit and give up. Why would he keep going? The cards are stacked against him. He cannot overcome the chaos. But that's not what Joseph did because Joseph was a man of principle. So even in prison, Joseph finds a way to elevate himself to where he obtains the trust of the guards. Joseph in prison because he lived his life based on principles, found a way to overcome. He's in prison. He continues his relationship with God. He's giving God the credit for being able to interpret the dreams. He interprets the dream of the chef and of the cupbearer. Everything comes to pass. He finds himself isolated. But eventually there comes a day where Pharaoh has a dream, and Pharaoh can't figure it out, and nobody else can give him an answer. And then the cupbearer remembers, I was supposed to tell people about him. He can do this. And so what does he do? He tells Pharaoh about Joseph. And what's neat about Joseph is that as he's going to meet Pharaoh, he changes his appearance. And this is just additional commentary. But I find it interesting that rather than going to Pharaoh looking like a prisoner, that he has enough sense about him to change his appearance. Because Joseph didn't view himself as a prisoner. He viewed himself based off the dream that he had as a prince. He knew that this is what he was destined to be. And so what did he choose to do? He cleaned up his appearance. He cleaned up his beard. And he goes before Pharaoh. And it's this interaction with Pharaoh that ultimately fulfills the dream that he had. But if he had given up because of the chaos, because of constantly chasing the sense of fulfillment and failing, he would have never obtained the dream. And so this is what I want you to understand. Life is going to throw some nasty curveballs at you. There's going to be plenty of reasons that you could point to this, or you could point to that, and you could say, the cards and the odds are stacked against me. There's just no way that this pans out in my favor. I'm sure that it would be fairly easy to point to something and say, this is the reason why. But that's not what men of principle do. Men of principle, fathers of principle, say, you know what? Life has meaning. Life has purpose. 
I have dreams. I have ambitions. I have children who depend upon me and my success and my purpose-filled life, my principle-based life. They depend on me. My wife depends on me. I need this as a man. And choose to make the decision to live life based on principles. You might not have the job that you want to have, but try to be the best you can be at that job. You might not live in the home that you want to live in, but treat that home like it is your dream house. Take care of it. Tend to it. Do the work that needs to be done. Just because you're not in the place that you want to be right now, that is not an adequate excuse to give up. But I want you to know that if you do give up, that the chaos and the unfulfillment becomes your fault. You don't get to point back to the original excuse and say, well, that happened and you know, so that's why I am where I am. That, that's not true. You are where you are because you made the decision to be there. If you feel unfulfilled and you say, this is just where I am, it's because you've made the decision to be unfulfilled. Things will happen. Obstacles will happen. Tragedy will come your way. That's how life goes. You make a decision with what you do to it, with how you respond. And if you will respond by living your life based on principles, where every day you get up and you do things that you don't always want to do, but you know that it's the right thing to do. You find yourself in particular situations and contexts and you think, you know what? I don't want to respond this way. I want to just react. I don't want to let my anger get the best of me. But you say, you know what? I know that this isn't right. And so I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to, I'm going to push it back down. I'm going to hold it within me. And I'm going to choose respond the way that I ought to respond because that's the right thing to do. Because the principles that I conduct my life by tell me that that is the way. So, forget all the excuses that you've made. Forget all the reasons that you want to say, yes, life is chaotic. Yes, I'm unfulfilled. Forget those reasons. Stop thinking about it. And start thinking about the principles that you're going to guide your life by. Because as you guide your life by these principles, you elevate your children. Because they see that example. They see that perseverance. And they see that it's worth it in the end. And that's who they will become. You will create these principle-based, diligent humans that go on to do remarkable things because of your diligence, because of the principles that you choose to conduct your life by. You benefit your kids in so many ways by trying to be a better dad every day. So form your principles and start living every day by those principles. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time. Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, 
For more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.